0: Okay, I'd like to uh, talk about... uh, I'd actually like to talk, which I have difficulty with doing right now, but... It's just wear and tear. Nothing serious. Um, I'd like to talk about Makat Choshech. The plague of the ten plagues that has to do with darkness. So... In fact, we could divide up the plagues in a slightly different way. Though so in the in the uh, Hagode, there's a division that zacha dash bachav. But I think there's a really another division that is likely and uh, and more um, more instructive, and that is the first seven the first seven makot. Arbe, the first eight. <laughs> first eight, including Arbeh, which is the first Makkah in the parash of both The ninth plague stands on its own. Chosheh. And the tenth plague, the plague of the firstborn, the destruction of the firstborn, is the plague that actually got B'nai Yisrael out of Mitzrayim. So I would say, 8, 1 to 8, then 9, and 10. And what we're going to talk about tonight is 8, as 9, I'm sorry, is plague number 9. Now what does it say in the Chumash? You see the first source on the page? It says, darkness now Darkness. Of course, the, the, the thing that uh, that comes to mind is that what sort of a plague is it? In the other plagues, animals died, people died, uh, the economy was upset. Uh, what does, what does Choshech do, especially if it's going to come to an end? Then we also have this problem of Vayamesh Choshech. What does the word Bayamesh in the context of Choshech, if we understand what the word means, Lemashesh, to touch something, Vayamesh Choshech, it was a darkness that you could touch you can hold on to it well does that make it more of a plague or less of a plague I mean what exactly was it that this plague was supposed to accomplish Basuk HaBet Vayet Moshe Et Yado Al Hashama Moshe Rabbeinu did it Vayi Choshek HaFeila HaFeila and Choshek Ha Ha? Synonyms <laughs> There's synonyms okay maybe it's more darkness but they made the same thing as far as as far as the simple reading is concerned so here in fact there's a time limit an a priori time limit to this darkness so we don't know what it does and we don't know why it's so terrible and we see that it has a time limit before Paro enters into the picture the next pasuk they they, they couldn't see each other they didn't stand one for the other I mean it was really dark you really couldn't see a thing that was three days Um, it's either the first three days or another three days (coughs) that's instructive there are other makot there were other makot in Mitzrayim which affected the Egyptians and did not affect the Jews but here it says that now what does that mean what does it mean does it mean that in the places that the Jews lived it was the same like there was light before and there's light now like the old situation just continued is that what it means? Or does it mean a new light that overwhelms the darkness? I mean, it's not, not too clear, right? Not too clear. So, when exactly the paros say this, this has something to do with the choshech? It was usually, usually, Paro says, "I believe you. I see God is strong, and, and, and the Makav, you know, is terrible. Do something," he says to Moshe Rabbeinu. But well, what did he say here? Now, what was the cause of his <coughs> of his change of heart? Was it was it the Choshech, which doesn't seem to have inflicted any pain on anybody? Except, as we'll see in a moment, as Rashi says, it inflicted a little pain on the Jews, but didn't seem to inflict much pain on the, on the non-Jews, on the Egyptians. So why did Pyro say leave? So now, there are a few comments that Rashi makes that are important for us. Are important for us. Vayamesh. Rashi says You see the second line in the Rashi I'm sorry The first line It was darker Than it is at night Now we are all uh, Like the products of general education So we know all about physics And we know that There's always light I mean it's not like There's not the darkness is not dark it's just that there are, there's light at, during the night, there's a moon that reflects light and there are stars which have light so you can sort of see it at night, even if you don't see well, you can see but here Rashi says that's what <coughs> means according to Rashi it's darker than the darkness of night and uh, How could it be darker than the darkness of night? Only if all the sources of light disappeared. Right? There was no sun, there was no moon, there was no, there are no stars. It's all gone. Somebody turned that switch off and everything, everything is off. So he actually doesn't tell us that, but he wants us to understand that this darkness is real darkness. Real honest to goodness darkness, not darkness where you can sort of see what's going on. Right, a darkness that you know the has significance, because in the morning, when the darkness turns to light, there's a time when you could say kriyat And right? What does the Mishnah say? When you could recognize a person standing in front of you, when you can when you could recognize his, uh, uh, you know, whatever, recognize what he looks like, even though it's not really light yet. That's the. Uh, where are the sheets oh you got a sheet very good it's the first step ok so Rashi says that's what Rashi says then Rashi talks about the, 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 by Yame, she talks about the word if you could skip down to um, uh, Umedrash in the Rashi it's 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 the last word on the line Medrash HaGadah Potero is shown somebody is feeling his way so Rashi says Kaful it was double and further double double of double that's how thick the darkness was that's how thick the darkness was. Ad Shaya bo mamash, until there was mamash. Do you feel? You felt it. Uh, I don't know exactly what Rashi means. I mean, like it's a way of saying very, 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 very dark. But it doesn't mean that you had to put out your hand. You felt something there. It just was very dark. Okay, the next Rashi talks about and if you skip to the fifth line in that Rashi the first word on the line is Lama now this is important Lama hevi choshech. here's Rashi Rashi does not ask the crucial question his question is what is this what is happening that we're supposed to understand because that's what we're supposed to do when we learn the Torah we supposed to understand something what, what is the understanding that we're supposed to have about the reason for the makkah of Choshech so Rashi tells you Rashi says <laughs> imagine that at that time there were people who were classified as Rishaim Jews who were classified as Rishaim wicked people, bad people People who are not going to do tshuva. People who are not going to fix themselves. Bad people. They were bad Jews. And because of that, they didn't want to, one of their qualities or characteristics was they didn't want to leave Mitzrayim (laughs) with the rest of the, with the rest of the people. And they died during the three days of this darkness and the darkness came to cover up the fact that they were being destroyed killed denied access to Allah you know, they were they were being punished and so that's why darkness enveloped the country of Egypt so that the Egyptians should not see what was happening to these terrible people, and then the Egyptians would come to this strange notion and say, "Oh, the Jews are also—it has it's, it's nothing to do with us. <coughs> the Jews are being punished," and says, "We are being punished. So if the Jews are being punished." Why should we let them go and leave Egypt? I mean, it's, it seems like a, a virus, you know, like something just ran around, exploded, and it could, uh, it couldn't be dealt with. So Rashi, that's what Rashi says. The old, old. You know, Rashi. When Rashi gives two explanations for something, it's always worthy of of some thought. You know, like, he gave an explanation, he gave another explanation. So maybe the first explanation you might think is a little fantastic. You know, there's no mention of this any place in the Torah. We don't know anything about Rishaim and Mitzrayim who had to be destroyed in this manner of subterfuge. I mean, Akkadish Mocha could have let them die natural deaths, the ones who had to die. Why did it have to have this complicated way of killing people? I mean, people deserve to be killed. But it seems like pretty complicated. So, Loko's Rashi he says, V'od. So, V'od, you would think means, well, in the previous interpretation, a little, like, fantastic. Uh, I'll give you another one. What's the other one? First, let's see the other, and then we'll see if we think it's, it makes sense. V'od, Shit, Chipsu Yisrael, During the darkness, during the darkness that enveloped Mitzrayim the Jews, or the Yisraelim, I keep calling them Jews, but they're Yisraelim, right? The sons of Yisrael. Not yet the possessors of the Torah. Yisraelim. They would go around to the Egyptian homes, imagine this, and they'd look around and see what they had. You know, <coughs> they have fancy dishes, silverware, a gold uh, ornaments, a Ming dynasty, uh whatever you call that? No. Yeah, do they have any of that stuff? Because listen, listen to what Roger says. When they left Mitzrayim, they would go to all these houses and to borrow stuff, to borrow the stuff and take it with them. so the Egyptians when well, you are not that stupid they when so they say, oh, we don't have anything like that. We don't know anything gold, we don't know silver, we don't know jewelry. We don't have anything like that. <laughs> what do you think about that? In other words, God promised Abram of that when they leave the triumph, they're going to go with a lot of booty and that the Egyptians are going to give it to them. They're not going to have to fight for it. They're just going to get it. So here we see. we see a second rationale for the Makkah of Choshek. The first rationale in Rashi was... God had to kill a a few Yisraelim. And it was uh, more reasonable to do it in the darkness than in the light. And the Egyptians would never understand what happened. The second rationale is... For the Makkah of Choshek... That it gave the Jews, the Yisraelim, an opportunity to look around the old Egyptian houses... But when they came to borrow stuff before leaving the shrine, the Egyptians would say, We don't have anything valuable, right? We don't know anything about that. And the and the Israelim would say, Well, I was just in your house. And I know exactly where it is. So give me that, you know, vase, because that's what I that's what we want. I mean I think both of these interpretations, though I don't question Russia, nor nor Hazal that this is based on, <coughs> it seemed to be are also a reflection of the fact that there's such a clarity about what this Makkah of choshek is supposed to be for, that even the fantastic interpretations that Rashi offers seem reasonable, like it could be. But they are truly fantastic. They're truly fantastic interpretations. Okay, that's what I wanted to show you about Rashi. Now the second commentary on these Pesukim is uh, <laughs> is uh, the Rashbam. First the Rashbam again explains the word Vayamesh, and then he explains Choshek Afeila. <laughs> you see Pesuk Bet in the, in the Rashbam. Choshech Ve'afeila. Choshech Gadon. Choshech Ve'afeila. A darkness which is afela. There's like different qualities of darkness. So that's how the Rashbab says it. It's more than darkness. The Rashi said it at length, and the Rashbab says it, uh, says it in a simpler way. Now if you look back at Pasukav Gimel, they didn't see each other. Nobody got up, from under himself. I mean, whatever, however that, that works out. So Rashi says, Rashbam, Rashbam says, Mithatav, Mi beito lefi pshuto. Mi beito lefi pshuto. He didn't get up in his house. Shelo yadun hechan yerecha. So Rashi says that, or the Rashbam says that, Lo They didn't get up. It's not the punishment. But it's the implication of the passage. They couldn't get up because they didn't know where to go. So whoever was sitting in his seat just stayed in the seat. Which is also kind of remarkable when you think about it. That's what a, a God wanted from the Egyptian, that they all sit in their seats for three days. Hard to understand. Hard to understand. Now we're up to the Ramban. You see, under the Rajbam is the Ramban. Again, relating to that part of the pasuk. He says, it's not true that the darkness that we are talking about is the darkness that would ensue if you turned off the sun. You just switched off. You could switch off the sun. No, no, that's not what you'd have. That's what the puzzle says. It was Choshech, but with a quality. And that quality is called afailah. We call that, I think, an adverb. Adverb. Cholchek is an adjective. Adverb for verbs and, and, and uh, <coughs> adjectives for nouns, if I remember correctly. <laughs> A very thick cloud of darkness that came down from heaven. The <laughs> That's why God instructed Moshe Rabbeinu to raise his arm to heaven. To bring down In other words, according to the Ramban, nature, the sun, the moon, the stars, it all stayed the same. Nothing changed. The Rabban is the first one to relate, and this sheet, to relate to this particular question, did the world change? Or was it like a blanket that came down on Egypt? <coughs> According to the Ramban, the world stayed the same. But Choshe is the result of covering everything with a with a blanket. Right? kol This Chazal also says this, or the Ramban says, why couldn't they just light candles? Well this darkness which was like a cloud which came down from heaven which covered everything up it also extinguished all the candles the matches went out the candles went out that's how that's what I'm the candle did not stand a chance if you go into, uh, you go into caves, and you go into some places, there's just not enough air, but uh, you can't beat the darkness with a candle. And that's why they couldn't see each other. They didn't get up. otherwise if they could have they would have used candles so that that according to the Ramban the darkness was of such a nature that (coughs) the candles could not overwhelm it and therefore there were three days of darkness there were no candles there was no fire there was nothing that would light the way because the darkness was not able, was able to deal with all of with all of that. <clears throat> now that we've looked at these sources, we'll like, take a minute off to say that there are many meforshim who have who have difficulty in understanding the physical nature of the makat choshech. Like what happened in the world? What happened to the sun? To the moon? To the? Uh, Uh, one of the more interesting attempts at solving this problem which I think is also in the Ksav Kabbalah, but it's certainly in the the Torah is that he said that what happened was that everybody got, he doesn't say these words because he didn't know them, but today he would say these words, that the miracle was that everybody got non-see-through contact lenses and therefore, they couldn't see anything. Uh, meaning that, I mean, again, what does that mean? That the world remained the same. So if you lived outside of Egypt, there was day and there was night. And it was regular. But in Egypt, you had this thick blanket, something that prevented uh, uh, you to relate to the world as you usually did. And as I said, the Torah to me even says there was something that attached itself to your eyes and made it impossible for you to see. So even people that you know very well and to recognize them takes very little light. You can recognize the way they walk, you can recognize the way they sit, you re- but they couldn't because they had this thing covering their, covering their eyes. Okay, now I would like to uh, digress. Noach. Remember Noach? Noach also comes up every year. Noach left, walked out of the Teva, and Hashem offers Noach a deal. And the deal was, never again, never again, this kind of punishment, this kind of (coughs) flood, Hashem promises that it will not repeat itself. And that promise in the Torah is called a Brit. And the Brit is often translated by the word covenant. I always thought I knew what the word Brit meant, and I was sure I didn't know what the word covenant meant. But that's the translation that is accepted. Brit, covenant. In order to validate this covenant, It ought to strengthen it, like you say. It sounds silly. I mean, why would God have to strengthen a divine promise? Well, we know that in prophecy, in prophecy it's not always true that whatever a prophet says is going to come true. The simple example that we all know from Yom HaKippurim is that Yonah said to the people in Nineveh, Oda Arbaim Yom, 40, 40 days, 40 days passed, nothing happened. The people were not punished because in spite of the fact that this statement was brought into the world by a prophet who was directed by a Kodesh to tell this to the people, to tell this to, <coughs> to the people in Ninveh, it didn't happen because the people in Ninveh did tshuvat. They repented. So that even a a, a divine fiat is sometimes conditional. Well well it depends. And it may be that to say that there was a Brit between Hashem and Noah about the future floods, well that's only if the people acted in a somewhat reasonable way. I mean, you know, then then the Brit will be in force. But if they really mess up and And destroy the world with their actions then maybe not but there's another principle that we know from the Ramban at the beginning of Perik Yudvet in uh, in uh, Breshit the Ramban taught us that if the prophecy is includes an action of some sort a kind of designation then it will come true in any event any event Hanani Ben Azur it uh, doesn't matter. That's the that's the principle. <coughs> so it seems that akkadish B'chu felt that this covenant had to be strengthened in the eyes of of Noach and the eyes. Of, I mean, after all, we know what happened in the end of the story. They all did something wrong. Noach, his sons, they were not you know uh, pure. And, uh, and so Noah also knew this. So Noah may have said oh, this is like, in a, yeah, I make it up. We what's the point of having a, a, a promise when we know that we're going to mess up and we're going to mess up so badly that we're going to have to be punished. So Akkadish Bachel strengthens the promise. How does he strengthen the promise? How does Akkadish Bachel strengthen the promise? Keshet ba'anan. Keshet is a rainbow. Right? Keshet is a rainbow. Ba'anan. And so HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, whenever you see a Keshet whenever you see a Keshet you'll know that the covenant is reinforced and even the Pasuk says when I see a Keshet my HaKadosh Baruch Hu Yachol himself sees the Keshet Ba'anan, then the, the, the promise will be, uh, will be reinstated. So that's the story. That's the story with some slight embellishments that I provide. The question is, at the end of the Torah, at the end of the Torah, when Moshe Rabbeinu is about to die, and Moshe Rabbeinu presents a covenant to B'nai Yisrael that takes the place of the covenant at the end of VaYikra. I remember VaYikra, the end of VaYikra. They should have gone straight away into Eretz Yisrael, but they don't. They don't go to Eretz Yisrael. They're punished. There's Pardes, Midbar, Shlach. Right, the Shlach is the parasha of the Muraglim. And the punishment for the Muraglim was 38 years in the desert. 38 more years in the desert. That was the punishment for the Muraglim. And so the covenant at the end of Ayikra was apparently disallowed. And a new covenant was written in the parasha of Kitavo, in Devarim. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to Bnei Yisrael, I want to establish witnesses for this covenant, to strengthen it, to make sure that it will always be, that you'll always be able to turn to these witnesses and they'll be able to give witness to the fact that the covenant with God and Bnei Yisrael exists. Who were the witnesses? Who were the witnesses? Do you remember Shemayim V'aretz, Shemayim varetz. v'aretz. So the question that I'm asking is, why is it that with the covenant between B'nai Yisrael and our <coughs> the witnesses that that who witnessed the covenant and would be able to attest to it are Shemayim V'aretz? But when it comes to Noach, the witness is the rainbow. The witness is the rainbow. You all know something about a rainbow. And you all know that the rainbow is like refracted light. In other words, if you took a, if you took some light, a a ray of light, and you bent it, and bending it would indicate that in the ray of light there are things that go at one, one of those, it's i go slower, it's i go faster, so the light would come out as a series of colors. Isn't that interesting? Series of colors. What they are is still in dispute from the time of Newton. And it's a fake This is like really uh, for the for course we're in puzzles, right? One of the colors is called indigo. Indigo. I, I don't know what indigo is, but the Yesh Olrim. And indigo is like dark blue. And there's a machlokes about whether Newton said the word indigo when he figured all this out, or he didn't. I can't really help you on this question. But I think it's important to remember that light has two amazing properties. Amazing that we can't even imagine that light. First of all, the speed of light. is really fast. I mean, it's not fast like anything we ever heard of or know about it's so fast you can't even imagine the fastness of it of light and the second thing about light <coughs> that even though it's white and pure when you look at it it's really made up of all kinds of lights all kinds of different colored light Right? that's an important thing to remember now if you go back to the sheet now we're back to our sheet if we look at the first pasuk Breshit, Breshit, Barel, Ukimet, Veta, Aretz. okay, this pasuk could be like a headache. It, it doesn't seem to mean that first God created all of the heavens and the earth, because then the Torah goes on to tell us day one, day two, day three, so, so this is more like a headache, that the important word in the first pasuk is Breshit, When did this all happen? Breshit. Whatever that means. I want to note the phrase (coughs) Choshech al-p'nei tahom. When was there Choshech? When was there Choshech al-p'nei tahom? When the world was tohu vavoh. What does Tovavo mean? What do those words Tovavo mean? I have two answers. First answer is, I haven't got a clue. The second answer is, I'm going to tell you what it means. Tovavo means undifferentiated. In the creation, if you think back to the Parashah, which, you know, just think back to Breshit, we've all heard this. Some people are even sober enough to hear this on Rosh Hashanah, Torah but i wouldn't hold you to that the the uh, in fact the creation the creation had different kinds of stages there's a yeshmei ayin stage which is not reported exactly in the torah it's not reported even though the rabban says following others that there was a creation yeshmei ayin like like the stuff that the world was created out of is called in Greek and for the Ramban, Iuli. And that Iuli was created, may I, from nothing. Something from nothing. Everything else was the created something from Yesh something. Miyash. Yesh mi There's another factor in creation. I mean that creation by the way is also divided up into the four verbs. Aleph, Ayin, Amira, Asiya, Yitzira, Bria Those are the four verbs that I used in making things But besides that there is differentiated creation In other words, the world was covered entirely by water and then God said God said, here's going to be the water here'll be the dry land That was creation That was creation of the world that we know of so tovavo tovavo is the time which precedes differentiation. That's Tovavo, my opinion. You can quote me, but don't say that you that anybody else has to. So God created God created uh the first there was tovavo and there was Choshech. tovavo there was Choshech. And then the next Pasuk says, Well Yoga or and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now this light of Pasuk Gimel, this light of Pasuk Gimel, is not the light that we know. Because the light that we know about comes from luminaries. I like that word also. Light bulbs. Light bulbs in the sky produce light. But not all. All. Or it doesn't cover light bulbs. How do I know that the Or it doesn't cover the light bulbs? The light bulbs have not yet been created. There are no light bulbs. They're just light. They're just light. They are just light they do to solve this problem, Rashi. Well, let's read one more patsuk. tov. You see? Or ketov. The or is tov. It sounds like it was created. It was created by Abdel Ben But no luminaries. All there is is light and dark. The dark preceded the creation of the light. But the light produced or, produced this or which was kitov. Which was satisfying in creation. Now if you look at the Rashi, look at the Rashi, you see the Rashi. <coughs> we'll skip a little bit. This is Rashi. The Rashi says Rashi was said several times in Breishit and no, The first two parshiyot of the Torah. I'm a Pashtan. I want to tell you what it means. What the words mean. But in Bereshit, again and again, Rashi says, I can't do this, just tell you what the words mean. I have to tell you what the pasuk means. And in order to do that, I go to Chazal. And Chazal explained the pasuk, but I can't call their method exactly Pshat at all of these times. He says, Anu <laughs> Ra'ahu, what do you say about that? A saw that the light that was created, the light, uh, the light that was day, as opposed to the darkness which preexisted the creation of the light, was not fit for the rishayim. You know, rishayim—it's a genetic disease. It's uh, like a, 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 a problem with your DNA when you when you take Rasha and you put him into the light, the Kitov he goes tilt the whole thing doesn't work and since the world is full of Rishayim just being in a world with uh, or Kitov couldn't work just couldn't work so HaKadosh Baruch Hu says Rashi quoting Chazal says this says uh kedaiu t'beishu v'shain v'dulat tzadikim latin lavo. All of, see, sorry, if the love that tzadikim latin lavo, so the light that was created at the beginning to cover up the darkness, choshal p'nei tov, which was appropriate only for tzadikim because it was kitov. Right, Moshe Rabbeinu, you have to think. Remember, that light was kitov. That light. That light, Moshe Rabbeinu's light, later on, and here the light of the, became the light of the tzaddikim. So Kaddish Barucho decided to take the light and to put it away in Olam Habah, so that the tzaddikim, only the tzaddikim will get that exalted position, they will be able to have pleasure from the light of of. Day one of day zero. Kitov, or kitov in Olam, in Olamabah. So he says, uh, ukvi pshutov. If you want to know the pshatis, kach pershum, ra'au kitov, uveina elor lachoshej yvishdamshin Since the R was kitov, and kitov is, is an expression of divine satisfaction, and it was not reasonable to think that that would last at the same place at the cholshech alpeneta home was. Therefore, that they would be that both at the same time there would be arkitov and there would be home. He says can't be kavale so they were separated that's the pshat the pshat is that what we're talking about is a division this is for day and this is for night it can't be that we mixed up together and the non-pshat which Rashi prefers as an idea even though it may not be so accommodating with the pasuk, Rashi says (coughs) Rashi says the R was taken away and when was it? Return, when was this light returned to the world? When the luminaries were created, the Shemesh and the area they provided the light. The Shemesh, so that light became became uh, uh, something that had a source. It came from somewhere. It wasn't just Or Keto, but it came from someplace. So you have this idea that the R was created twice, based on Rashi's position, that the R was created twice. That the first time the first time the orb was so powerful that it could not last with the choshech and it could not live It the orb could not live in a world with rushaim could not live in a world with rushaim that's what that's what Rashi says ok now <coughs> I have to explain If I display Noach, remember the question we asked about Noach? Why was it that, why was it that the promise, the covenant between God and Noach was buttressed by the Keshet Ba'anan? And the promise and the the covenant B'nai Yisrael and HaKadosh Baruch at the end of the Torah is buttressed by Eidut, I witness shamayim v'aretz. What's the difference? Well what is it that Hashem wanted to say? What is it that Hashem wanted to say to Noah? What Hashem wanted to say to Noah was, there's a certain acceptance in heaven that there are rishayim in the world. And that the rishayim will no longer determine the fate of the created world. In the time of Noah, it was the Rishayim. Wasn't it that everybody was a Rasha? I mean, there was Noah and his family, but the Rishayim determined what the fate of that created world was. And the fate of that created world was, it can't continue. You can't continue with so many Rishayim. There's so many people who don't adhere to any divine principles. <coughs> that was, that was the punishment of the Mabul. And the Mabul, as I said, that's Tohu Vavov. The Mabul is going, go, takes us back to an undifferentiated creation. Because it's just, everything is covered by water. There's nothing else. That's that's what happened before the world was created. Now the waters have receded, and it becomes possible to live in the world. Now there's got to be an agreement. There's got to be an agreement between HaKadosh Baruch and Noah that will induce people or encourage them to be more righteous than wicked. So Hashem says to Noah, Hashem says, no, "Look, we have a covenant. There'll never be another Mabu What does Noah say? Noah says, "Well, I mean, this part I'm making up, right?" Noah says, Noah says, "What difference to make? People are bad people. They're going to do the wrong thing. The world will be destroyed again." So Akonipar says, "No, no, no. It won't be destroyed again. And I'm going to prove to you that, that something major has changed." That the light that was created was taken, that was taken out of the world. Remember that light, according to Raj, was taken out of the world? Out of the world. I, Baruch Hu, will change and bring it back into the world. But of course, since I bring it back into the world, it means that the people I've created, that this world that has been created, can continue to exist. Because the first world that was created, the world of Adam and Chava, we said, they can't live with the light. right? They can't live with that light because it's for the righteous. But I'm going to bring that light back. I'm going to bring that light back and I'm going to show you that you can live in a world with that kind of light. And even though some of you are not going to be so righteous, the world will continue because in general, it will be a fitting world. And God will not have to destroy it. But... Ba'at HaKadosh Baruch says to Noach I cannot just change or undo what was done if the, the light was taken out of the world that light that light for Lama Abba for the Tzadikim I can't just put it back into the world but what can I do there's another light there's light which is not light it's not the light it doesn't look like the light that was taken out of the world but it is and what is that light called? That light is called the rainbow. Because even though the rainbow is actually light, you don't see the light. It's as though Baruch was saying, I'm going to trick myself, so to speak. I said I've to take the Rashi, right? I said I've take the light out of the world. Because the world is not fitting fit for this light. But to uh, to Noah a Burroughs said, well, maybe we'll ease up on it. We'll decide that the world does fit in with this world of of light. <coughs> but I, I can't just bring the light back after I said it can't be it. But I can bring it back as a rainbow. Because none of the colors of the rainbow are white light. And therefore, it's it's a kind of a subterfuge. It's sort of a trick that HaKadosh Baruch tells uh, to to um, to Noah here's the light it's there of course it's not there all the time it's not there every place but it's there enough I mean everybody has seen a rainbow everybody knows that there are rainbows everybody knows that there will be rainbows in the future so even though they pure light HaArki Tov was taken out of the world and put away for the Tzadikim it could be brought back into the world from time to time, be brought back into the world from time to time. So that <coughs> Noah was able to believe that something had really changed and that he was going to be the father of a world that could continue to exist, that could have uh, certain redeeming features that HaKadosh Baruch would accept and allow the world to continue in its existence. And even though we know that there is often uh, that often people in the world are not quite what they should be. Nevertheless, the world, <clears throat> the world the world continues to exist. So we go back. I mean, here I have this uh, this quote from the uh, from the from the preetsadi. And we'll just read two lines. You see the fourth line of the preetsadi from you know, the second side of the sheet. B'ze or the that's what light is. This, the opening, you see, if you line one, it says, The light, filled by the light of Shabbos. The light makes things straight. It's, uh, it's in that, uh, I don't know if everybody sings it, but, On Shabbos, you know, on the Zmirota of Shabbat. What? They sing it? Oh, great. So somebody does sing it, and, uh, but, but even if you don't sing it, it's in the sitter. I mean, you can't avoid that. And, and, and he, <coughs> he's writing a commentary. He, the pre-tzaddik, in his commentary on Torah, also wrote a commentary on Shabbat. And every week he explains something about Shabbat. So here there's a connection that's made in this Akira Sudosa between Shabbat and Or and light. So he explains what Or is. You see line 4. Zenikra Or. Dahayinu ha'akara she'yesh barei Adonah go'briyotav. That's what light teaches you that God is the master. V'ahefech hu'choshek hu'kemoshe she'neemar v'yame machashacha ma'aseyem yomu Ro Ainu Mi Yod Uktiv Shalach Hhoshech Vyakhshikosakin Y Shayau Vlomaru Etivaro Itoba Medrash Rabah Uvitanchuma He quotes various medrajima Jalosa Vlu Pimarut Dibro Shell Akkodishbok Aliyah. So I'm in line seven, the third word. Fahinu Shabekol Amakot Ayyah Midah Pamidam Ibnesh Zub Every maqab also contains a punishment for Yisrael. The next line Ubu Makat Khoshe Khamru Atam Sheloyir Ubi Mafapalatam Shalishe Yisrael Shematu Biyme Afailah. So what the pre tzaddik is going to explain, even though he he doesn't say what I said, but I I feel that I can use the pre tzaddik to defend what I said. <coughs> B'nai Yisrael, B'nai Yisrael were on this march to Har Sinai, and at Har Sinai, at Har Sinai, the Gemara says, the Gemara in Shabbat, says, that they were cleansed. From the chait of Adam Arishon. That means they were on the level of Adam Arishon before, before the chait of the Eitz Adat. Before the sin of the tree of knowledge. So B'nai Yisrael, B'nai Yisrael at this time, at this time, had to adhere to the standard of Orkitov. They had to be the people for whom the Or kitov could continue to exist and direct their lives. And that's why the Pasuk says that all of the Jews, all of B'nai Yisrael had Or the Votam. Because they were part of the Or. They were the Or. Which Or? The Or kitov. And the Choshech was something that applied to the, the Egyptians, certainly. And the Kiddush is that it also applied to Jews, to Rishaim, to those people who are not able to support the world. So in spite of the fact, in spite of the fact that Noah, there was a covenant with Noah that said the world will continue even if the people are not perfect and even if they are categorized sometimes as Rishaim. But Am Yisrael, Am Yisrael ready or on the march to accept the Torah could not be the nation that accepted the Torah through this great compromise, but there had to be, there had to be the nation of light, the nation of Arba so that the Makkah of Choshech, the Makkah of Choshech explains to me or says that this is the beginning, this is the beginning of Matan Torah, and therefore the people are only the people who are all liable to live with the Or the aura that was taken away and put into Olava for and Tzaddikim and brought back into the world as a rainbow in order to fortify the position of uh, Noah He <coughs> said so that aura was the aura of the Tzaddikim who would accept the Torah uh, at Har Sinai. And the Choshech was the Choshech of the Rishaim. And it's true there were there were Rishayim who were Egyptians, and there were Rishayim who were who were Jews. And the more significant thing is that the Rishaim who were Jews were killed. Even though Noah was promised that the world would put up with Rishayim, they wouldn't be so bad. But in this particular case, since the saw had to be purified though they received the Torah, the Rishaim did not have a place. They didn't have a place in this concept or this. This kind of equation. Have a good job.